Just as the community here didn't need to cater for that many sick and injured, the amount of weekly crime on the island usually amounted to a cat being stuck up a tree and somebody's bicycle being stolen, and nine times out of ten, it turned out that the person owning the bike had simply misplaced it. No wonder the commotion the previous day had caused such a stir. The town, and town was pushing it for a place that was little more than a village with delusions of grandeur, didn't receive that many strangers outside of the summer months of July and August, certainly not ones with no easily identifiable means of arriving. Daniel stood outside the building, a single-story functional affair with hardly any character. It had been built back in the early nineties, after the previous station burnt to the ground on that exact same spot. No one had been injured, because the handful of police had managed to get out, and there were no prisoners in the cells. Then as now, there had been very little in the way of criminal activity. He supposed that was one of the reasons why there had been no crime here to speak of, simply because everybody knew everyone else's business. You couldn't sneeze on one side of the town without someone from the other rushing over, handing you a handkerchief and saying, Bless you. People here would welcome visitors, of course, because not only did they bring disposable money with them to spend on items like Greg's father's driftwood sculptures, but they also went back to where they came from. They didn't stay more than a couple of weeks at most, either on the minuscule caravan park run by Mr. Files, or in tents or camper vans. One or two mainland folk had cottages on the island, but again they typically spent only part of the summer here. Rich people who could afford to have several homes dotted about the globe, the vast majority of which were in warmer climes than Shorepoint during the autumn and winter seasons. And though it was lurching into spring, the mentality at the moment was far from welcoming to outsiders. It was probably why Sergeant Yates had been so eager to find out everything he could about the man who'd washed up on the beach, about who he was and where he might have come from. When Daniel's mum had shouted that he was awake, perhaps Yates thought he might get those answers. If they knew who he was, then they could try and contact relatives, but more importantly, arrange for him to be where he was supposed to be, to go back to where he'd come from. Everything would be right with the world then. However, as Daniel had followed the policeman back to the hospital room where the man had been deposited, he soon realised, if he hadn't already, that nothing was going to be as easy as that where the stranger was concerned. Sir, can you tell me the last thing you remember? Yates was asking as Daniel poked his nose around the doorframe. Sly, please, give the poor man a minute or two. He's only just come round. Daniel's mother wasn't exactly leaving him alone, though. She was busy flitting around, checking blood pressure, pulse rate, and other vital signs on monitors which were still beeping and whirring. She came round the side of the bed, pushing Yates out of the way momentarily, so she could flash a penlight into the man's pupils. Daniel gaped, remembering the last time he'd seen this person open his eyes. A reflection, that's all, remember? Just a reflection, that you and your overactive imagination... Mikey had his pirates, you had... The man blinked again, sitting up further in the bed and groaning with the pain. I'll get you something for that said Daniel's mum, and nodded for a nurse to fetch the appropriate medication. Now that the torchlight wasn't in his eyes and he was facing forward, Daniel could see the colour of them quite clearly. Far from being vivid and vibrant as he'd remembered, they were a pale grey colour, 
almost blending into the whites. If anything, they were colourless, the most nondescript eyes Daniel had ever seen. And in spite of the fact Sergeant Yates was the one addressing him, when the man replied, he looked over towards Daniel in the doorway. Then he spoke, his words still a whisper at first, as they had been when he'd asked for help, but gaining strength with each syllable. I... I'm afraid, officer. I don't really remember anything. That's not uncommon with blows to the head, Daniel's mother explained. Yet there was something about not only the tone, even, precise, and considered, but those eyes that said he was lying, lying and still looking directly at Daniel. The direction of his gaze didn't go unnoticed.